listening to 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome back to the 9to5 Entertainment System. It's episode 288. Uh, if you enjoy 90s and you know you do because you've listened to 288 episodes of us, you want to go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe to the 90s Deluxe level where you will get access to Garbage Time, which is a bonus episode that we record each and every week after 90s. On um, this episode of Garbage Time, we talk about the Fablemans, Inscription, League of Legends, Yellow Jacket Season 2, and Citadel. But on this, the main show, the show you're listening to right now, we talk about the DCEU versus the MCU, we talk about how Guardians 3 might be about James Gunn, we somehow neander into talking about Phantom Menace, Alien Films, and Ridley and Tony Scott before discovering that Gladiator 2 is a movie that is coming out. Uh, John gets into what's going on with Reddit right now, Conor McGregor punched a mascot, and uh, Canada is as a 12-year-old doctor. All this more than I Put it in the trash. Yeah, your your computer. Mm-hmm. It's not right this on. Is the it. one that works. <laughs> well, does it though? I don't see a Scott in front of me. Mm-hmm. Not one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, so it's the nine to five entertainment system, everybody. And I want to I want to go back to that point you were making off the air about uh, uh, Marvel the... movies and DC movies and DC being a total goddamn disaster. Yeah. So this and I was I was part, I was almost kind of thinking can can you make this point that at if the DC movies are hot garbage which yeah. they undoubtedly are yeah by mm-hmm. and large but did they try to do something kind of you know, did they at least have a, a kind of vision? Whereas Marvel movies fall like the the worst Marvel movie. Oh. It will be boring and bland and a, like a punch fest. It's still probably more. So, are you saying that the problem with the DC films is that they were too ambitious? Definitely not, because because <laughs> there were so many problems that were like systematic all over the place. Man, I I. I felt like I could almost see a nugget of something interesting in the Batman versus Superman. And you watched Man of Steel like, a bunch too. Right? I did. I really, I really <laughs> thought there was like something underneath there, and something was like just like t- tantalizing me enough to bring me back into it over and over that again. Snyder like, charm. There's just so Zach much Snyder. trash. It's so much garbage there, and so many bad, like obviously boneheaded decisions. It's I don't know. I've given up. You know. Yeah. Yeah. One Zack Snyder is is a man who has. A vision of a painting, and not a vision of a movie, mm-hmm. historically. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Warner Brothers uh, is often sent back for reshoots in the mm-hmm. tens of millions of dollars because of corporate studio meddling. Meddling. Yeah. Uh, but like, who cares if they're meddling? Because they're not meddling with someone who has some grand vision to make a great movie. Like, just imagine how bad Black Adam was. For them to spend sixty million dollars post initial shooting to go back and reshoot and yeah, still they, put that out, and they did that also with Justice League too, right? Like, they, okay, okay, they, okay. They gave, on, I mean, well, they gave uh, what's his name, Buffy guy, Whedon. They gave Whedon a bunch of money to like finish and reshoot it, and then they gave Zack Snyder a bunch of money again to finish it and reshoot it. Like they just keep like it's. Uh, it's like they, they take some fuck, take some shit, and they make a fuck shit stack. Like they're just—it's so a, lo- insane. a lot of people didn't like the um, the Watchmen that Snyder did. Yeah, 
I liked it. I kind of liked it, but I can see the arguments for why people didn't like it, and those are, like, totally valid. But, you you know, like, like it or don't like it, that's a movie that has an artistic, like, vision to it. It has a style, and it has, like, a a tone that is kind of unique. Yeah, I think that, like, I... Visually, I don't think anyone is ever can never really like fault Snyder for you. You put, can't put, take three hundred away from his, him. Yeah, three hundred. Like, even even Sucker Punch, which is a dog yeah, shit movie. Sucker Punch. It's, it's, a bad a do, movie. it's a dog shit movie. But you could like freeze frame almost any frame of it and make it the screensaver on a teenage boy's computer. You, you know? could do that with old Aerosmith videos. It doesn't make them good movies. <laughs> Fair. I'm just saying, visually, even Sucker Punch looks pretty cool in a lot of the weird, like, warp stuff and all that. Like, he has an right. eye for things. Maybe he And, and the reshoots that Warner Brothers pushed in on there were, like, the Whedon-style reshoots to bring it more in line with Marvel, which, which like... Even, I don't think it improved those movies. Maybe it did. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Having watched, having watched both of them? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're both, I didn't watch the reshoot. They're both pretty bad. You should... You, you yeah. should, you should, just, just to say, Subject you, myself to yeah, it. just to say you did. For someone who watched The Man of Steel multiple sittings, I think you owe it to yourself yeah. to give Zach four more hours of your life. To watch I don't know if I do. I think I might have given given enough in that relationship. Um, it's not greedy. After so much giving, to just want a little something in return, it's okay. Uh, so, did you hear the the read on Guardians Three that it's uh, a, a James Gunn uh, metaphor allegory, Scott? For no. that James for Gunn, for... James Gunn is Rocket, right? So you, you go back way back in time to the beginning of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, right? So you have like DC mm-hmm. is owned by or DC Marvel is owned by Disney, so it's this big giant corporation and and all that stuff, and they give you know James Gunn, aka Rocket Raccoon, like a chance to make like a big budget movie, and that's the high evolutionary juicing up uh, a, a dumb little indie filmmaker named Rocket Raccoon. Okay. You're with sure. Me. You're with me. And then that same creator throws him in the garbage when Disney fires him and thinks it's nothing. Then only later do they realize that they have something like more valuable in James Gunn than they than they thought they did, and they try to just like bring him back, but it's too late because he already has a new family, which is that you know a bunch more money over at DC. <laughs> so they were like Rocket, which would, which would make sense if he didn't come back and make Guardians Three. <laughs> Well, no, because he was like, I think he wanted to still finish what he started. And that was, you know, he got to, he got, which he's going and taking care of the high evolutionary and finishing what he started, which was trying to rescue his friends. Fine. But then why did he do the Christmas special? I mean, <laughs> why not? <laughs> uh, right. Yes. But he still did it. Oh, sure. I mean, I don't think. I, I, I know they paid him a lot of money. Oh, so for, sure they, was for like... sure they paid him a lot of money. But but it is kind of, I think, interesting, at least also in the same sense of, like, if you use High Evolutionary as a stand-in for Disney, where you're like, all of their other creations are just, like, copy-paste garbage that, like, lack the spark of, you know, when James Gunn does a movie for it. You can obviously say that about Taika Waititi and stuff as well. But, like, the vast majority of the Disney movies are cut-and-paste cookie-cutter bullshit, which you can mm-hmm. easily see in, a, like, a metaphor there for high evolutionary, like, churning out crap and not having, like, spark within them. So, it's interesting. So you, you brought up Taika Waititi, who is an example of someone who probably could have used a little bit of studio meddling. I think you're <laughs> wrong, because I love Love and Thunder. I love lots of love and I love lots of love and thunder, and I had a good time watching it. But there were there were about twenty minutes of that movie that could have used a, a little firmer grip on it. 
I think that honestly that that is now my take on basically every Marvel movie that's come out in like the last I mean probably ever is that they could all they could all use 20 minutes of editing at least like mm-hmm. there there are scenes in every single Marvel movie where I'm like this doesn't need to be here these movies don't all need to be two and a half hours like a, a, a two hour or an hour 50 or whatever is fine they don't need to because there's always that scene in the second act where it's just like, oh, there hasn't been a bit of an action scene, so here's this action scene. Or... I was just going to bring that up. It always feels like there's one action scene too many. In, in like, so many movies, there's a one pointless action scene. And it's, it's, so, just, it's so somewhere just, in the I middle. Just watched, yeah. <laughs> I just rewatched Ant-Man not too long ago. The first and one. That, the first one. The, Edgar, mostly, and that, the mostly Edgar Wright one. Yes. And that, that act two action scene is actually pretty good. That's the one where Ant-Man <laughs> fights Falcon. It was actually pretty good. It's not like a here's a guy with a similar power set that they have to fight, and like yeah. it's a big. No, it's no, like no. A the good problem. Snappy... The problem isn't that the action scene is. It's like it's like a it's a pacing issue. You know, like that that scene could be amazing. It could be perfect, but, but, it, add, it's but it adds still... nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we already know what the stakes are. The stakes aren't going to get ratcheted up anymore by this thing. There's no character development that's going to matter enough to stick to make the scene worthwhile. We already like. Just fucking do it already. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I'm not. I'm not arguing the point as okay. a general rule. I'm just saying in Ant Man, that okay. one was pretty good. Well, I mean, like, like I, I like, I enjoyed the the Guardians three filler scene on the with the the foam guys with whatever. The I organic thought. space station. Yeah, the organic space station. Like that was a fun little scene with a bunch of fun little jokes and all that stuff. It could have been removed from the film, and I would not have been like something's missing. Like I would okay, not have. Okay, Phantom noticed. Menace. The factory fight scene at the end, where they're like stamping bug guys flying all over the place. That's the second one. That's yeah. the second and one. That's well, Attack of the Clones. Right. Phantom Menace right. is just the pod race. Where, the pod race. Where <laughs> there are no stakes because you know what? We know Anakin gets off of this, off this stupid moon rock, and we also know he becomes Darth Vader. So let's have a 12 minute pod racing scene where he races for his freedom when the outcome is known by everyone in the theater already. So even if he loses, it doesn't matter because he still gets off planet and he's going to go with Obi-Wan. Like, we know. We just know that that's what's happening. Can, can you imagine? This is pod racing. Hang on a second. Can that's you what imagine I call pod racing. At, the, at the end of the pod race, just before he's about to win, he loses control and slams into a wall, and then some other little blonde kid pops up with the mom being like, Oh my god, I can't believe my friend took my place. And the mom is like, Hush, Anakin. Don't, don't let them know who you are. They're going to take you away from me. <laughs> that would you be know, so there's good. any one of millions and millions of decisions that would have improved that movie. And there's just so many. Thanks to- just imagine that twist, though. Like, everyone is like, <gasps> Jake Lloyd just splattered himself on the wall. That would the, the the double the double down twist on that would be Jake Lloyd splatters himself against the wall, and then some other person just like assumes the role of Anakin. So it is not a Skywalker lineage thing at all. Like it's not he's not even a real Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> like Darth Vader is not even Anakin Skywalker. Oh, Anakin's yeah. the real Anakin Skywalker did die in the pod race, and thanks to the multiverse, someone has that movie. It's That's good. <laughs> It's dark and weird. It's super weird. Uh, what was it? The, the the news that Tarantino doesn't want to do a Marvel movie or whatever because he he says he can't do it justice. Hmm. He, I wonder so, what that means. He oh apparently God. was like talking to the Russos and he was like, "I don't want to just take a paycheck for a Marvel movie. Like, 
obviously I could, and I think I'd do, like, a good job. But he's like, I don't have a vision for a comic book movie in my head. So he's, <laughs> like, he's, like, he's like, that might change. But that was apparently, like, what he, what he told the Russos. So I was like, that's kind of honest of him. Like, absolutely that's money, right? And, like, you can't even, like, thumb your nose at that kind of money because you have, like, Kenneth Branagh and Taika Waititi and all these guys, like, taking that money. <laughs> you know? Yep. So I guess, I guess good for Quentin. He was like, is there a superhero that has, like, a, a foot thing? Scott, because <laughs> maybe we can get Tarantino back on board if there's like a foot, a foot, foot related. I mean, like Stiltman. Stiltman? No, it has to be like a ladies lady who is a barefoot lady. I get. Oh, you could probably do a Shanna thing, right? Like Queen of the Jungle situation. Sure, yeah, but if you're going to get Quentin Tarantino to do a movie, it's going to be a Luke Cage. Well, that's what you fist. want. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you want a heroes. You want a heroes for hire situation. Full on seventies, like Black Dynamite, Chopsaki, New York, homage. And for some reason, Misty Knight is just never wearing shoes. I'm a little <laughs> surprised that angle doesn't appeal to him enough to get on board. Just it might little. be because that if they're already in like kind of murky water with the defenders. Like there's already like actors who kind of exist and don't exist. They've already like they recently did it right because all of the shows. Uh-huh. Like, there's the Luke Cage show and all that stuff. Like, it was yeah, pretty recent. Like, yeah. So, I feel, but yeah, but that that's absolutely the where you want Tarantino, Tarantino yep. in there. Yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah. Now that Shang-Chi's gone, at least. I, I still think they could have given Shang-Chi to something and done something better with it. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Why? It's, like, yeah. it's, it's the Kung Fu one. And then there's all this great Kung Fu in the last fight is them flying around on CG dragons. I'm like, what? Why can't this just be a real good kung fu fight at the end? Stupid. Right? Mm. It's like they didn't watch The Matrix. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's it. You know what Matrix 1 had at the end? Like, a real good, well, not necessarily kung fu fight. There's the mistake. It was The Matrix 4 that they watched. Yeah. I mean, or The Matrix 3. Right? Like, Matrix mm-hmm. 3 has them flying around like Super Saiyans at the end of it also, where you're kind of like, this isn't what I want to watch. This isn't what the franchise is. Anyway. God damn, that was so disappointing. Those, remember, we were like fucking in, in, in full hug on the Matrix, right? The video yeah. game before Animatrix, we watched all of those things. The, um... It what was a promotional. Content? We were there like, "Oh, this is we're at the point. like we're at like the nexus of the next great like franchise. Like it'll be bigger than Star Wars. Yeah, or at least like the new Star Wars. Yeah, you yeah. know, like first movie lights out, video game super fun, uh, Animatrix also like super super good all yep. over the place. And then they're sort of like, here's the second one, and we're like, uh, okay, uh, maybe they'll stick there? the landing with the third. And they were like, haha, it's worse than the second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like okay cool uh, do you get it it's a like jesus no no anyway here's the fourth one 20 years later <laughs> Lawrence fishburne refused to come back oh i didn't i didn't hear that i heard they didn't approach him yeah and i understood yeah, that it was a budget him. thing he was still like active enough that they weren't gonna uh it was uh it was what's his name hugo weaving that uh had last-minute scheduling issues that he couldn't mm. go back. So I feel that he like looked at that script and was like, 
Oh, like I said yes to the like elevator pitch because it's a fun role to return to. But then I think that <laughs> it was like last minute scheduling issues prevented Hugo Weaving from returning as uh, as as Smith, <sighs> which would have been such like, oh my god, that movie is so problem like so many problems with that movie also, and just like brushes with cool ideas. And and just imagine, imagine if it was Hugo Weaving who comes around the corner in that bar scene or whatever else like that. It would be huge pop, huge pop to the arena. And it, it would was be a great, close. A great moment, but no, it was awfully close. Yep. And then they also just forget about it. I, one of the best first acts of a of like a four quadrilogy kind of mm-hmm. situation, like like going back to the well for the fourth time, and they had it so much, so many t- boxes checked off. In that first act of like, oh, they're so self-aware, and they're like, no, we're not though. Here's it was just almost. Here's just freaking the first Matrix again or whatever. It's it 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 went less Star Wars and Indiana Jones and turned instead to the Terminator franchise. <laughs> yeah, just like we don't know what we're doing anymore, but we're gonna do it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which I guess also sort of happened to Aliens, right? So. Mm-hmm. The thing, the, so I, I feel like one, two, and three. Okay, you have Alien, the Alien setup, but it's a horror movie. Yeah. Aliens, you have the Alien setup, but it's an action movie. Alien three, if you watch the director's recut, yeah, it is the Alien setup, but the attempt was to do like a psychological horror. Yeah, the... it doesn't it doesn't doesn't really work, but you can almost in in the director's reshoot you can kind of get the the intent. Yeah, where they're where where they're going. I I don't I think Alien Three t- has a bad rap, honestly. They like do, it, yeah, it, it's it's yeah. even the whatever they call it, like the vault cut or whatever the heck they call it, or, and even the theatrical cut. Like the theatrical cut is not as bad as people say. In my it opinion. just it just got such a colossally like terrible reputation because the expectations were so high after it, the yeah, Alien, exactly. Aliens combo. I kind of get it. Uh, four of course is, is just hot garbage. We don't have to. Yeah, and then and then that. the Prometheus films are just kind of like but, weird, weird. No, no, no. Before before you get to Prometheus, it's the AVP movies, which were not good. Those are not canon, sir. But well, <laughs> they're soft canon. soft canon. I mean, four probably shouldn't be canon either. Yeah. Resurrection. Four. See, all kinds of there's, a, there's a missed opportunity here to follow the pattern of the first three, right? And then you have to get out of horror. And then maybe you would have like the the, the teenage coming of age story in the alien setting, or the quirky romantic comedy. Well, I think that's kind of what they tried to do with Prometheus, right? Is they they they, they tried to like veer off. And like show other elements of just like oh aliens are just around, but then they made the aliens weird and they made it all black ooze and. All what, if, and... what if we had super scientists who are also like completely stupid? Yeah, yeah. So, so What's this weird alien snake thing? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pop it on the head. Boop! Oh no! <laughs> hey, there's these weird moats kind of like flying around in the air. Who needs a mask on this thing? Aren't you? What? <laughs> just don't breathe that. Scientists. Like if, when, you know, like if I see like spores that like pop puff up on our own planet, I'm like, oh no, and I try to like get away because I don't want you know <laughs> to breathe spores. If I was on an alien planet and I saw spores, I'd be like, get back in the ship. Like, don't we have quarantine procedures for yeah. this? The, at, least um, a, at least put a paper mask on. Or something. 
yeah, people are like, oh, like staring at it as it swirls around them. I was talking before about like the, the energy to go back and back to a bad movie that you feel like there's a nugget of juice in. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely had that with both Prometheus and the other one. Mm-hmm. And and my conclusion there is Ridley Scott didn't know what he was doing in Alien. And it was it was like a, it was like Star Wars. He, he just didn't know, and it just happened by accident around him. I don't think it necessarily. I, I don't think it's necessarily. Do you know, that he doesn't do you know, know why that is? No, no, no. Because he blamed the failure at the box office on the last duel on young people not understanding him. And if that's not the most boomer thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I this was movie say, didn't do well because young people don't have the attention span for good movies anymore. Like, no, yeah. no, Ridley, you made a spaceship roll like a like a plate down on people. <laughs> it was so fucking dumb. I would say that it's it's. I don't necessarily think that it was an accident of Alien because we also got like Blade Runner and we also even got Ridley Scott the Gladiator, which is also a very yeah, good. Film. Red, yeah, that was a great movie. Too. Like like Ridley Scott has hey, some man. hits. I just don't. Think... I love I love Blade Runner, but it took him like six shots to get that movie edited. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that's In what like I'm twenty I, years. <laughs> I think that like it might be one of those where he's gotten too full of being Ridley Scott that he doesn't even know, like, like, no, you know what I think it is. is I think his brother, I think his brother was on the phone with him every now and then. And his brother was like, yo, just Kenny Loggins. You got to put some more Kenny Loggins in this shit. (laughs) He's like, what? He's like, yeah, just fucking danger zone. So imagine the xenomorph, right? But the xenomorph somehow envelops, uh, an F 14 Tomcat. So now yeah. it's a flying alien, all all black and, and, and chitinous. Right? No, he's just like, and what if they have... were in the ceiling? Hey, Tony, I don't know what I'm doing. What if the aliens were in the ceiling? Oh, that's cool. Thanks, Tony. Hangs up. Goes and does that cool tent scene. <laughs> His brother tragically passes away. Mm-hmm. He makes Prometheus. There's got no one on the phone to call. Hey, when does, when <laughs> like does Tony cool... Scott die? I mean, I can I can look that up. Well, because I'm just wondering, because like, because like, arguably, the death of a loved one can make really good filmmakers trash. One need look no further than Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome, <laughs> where George Miller, who like re- completely returned to form and even made like other good movies along the way, made Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome because his best buddy like died at right at scouting. So people were like, okay. "Do you want to take some time off?" And he was like, "No." Uh, gonna make this movie and you made one third of a good movie then you made one third of a so-so movie and then a third of an actively bad movie so tony scott passed away in 2012 so that's when really scott's career takes a nosedive and he made movies top gun beverly hills cop 2 days of thunder the last boy scout true romance crimson tide and enemy of the state yeah like, like, like very, I think, competent, comp- competent fun blockbusters right like they're all and prometheus needed a lot of that and again, I'm not giving I mean, Tony Scott credit. Prometheus is is at very close to the bottom of that list. Even stuff like, like even the bad ones on that list were, were kind of fun. Where, yeah. just that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying Tony Scott should get credit for how good, you know, Alien was, but maybe he was just you know on the phone but every night like with his brother. Though, my like, question though is also, did Ridley Scott make any good movies after 2012? Like, really good movies. Or was his entire career done, you know, potentially with either Tony helping him out or just, like, literally the loss of his brother might have, like, ruined his edge? God, you know Ridley Scott was knighted? Really? 
for, yeah, the, for that Robin Hood movie he made. Gotten... That's Wait, that was him? Prince the... of Thieves? No, 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 no. The no, one no, with no, Russell Crowe. Oh, oh, right, right. Which was, a, which was also a bit of a slog and a mess. Hot garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that Prince of Thieves was a good movie, but yeah, right. but it was a bad movie in a pleasurable way as opposed to... It's it's yeah. everybody everybody in that film is punching above their weight for no reason. Like even Kevin Costner is like it's a good performance from Kevin Costner. I mean, sort well, not to say his, his accent know. is wild. I know, it's, but I'm just saying, but Kevin Costner's so not a very good actor. <laughs> All right, movies that came out after the death Ridley of Scott's Tony brother Scott. Tony. Yes, Prometheus, The Counselor, Exodus, Gods and Kings, The Martian. <laughs> well, that was bad. The Martian, which was fine. Okay. Yeah. Alien Covenant, all the money in the world, the last duel, House of Gucci. Oh, House of Napoleon. Gucci was bad. Sarah said, "I didn't see it." And Gladiator Two is coming out next year. Gladiator Two. He's with, back with Russell Crowe, but he's fat now. <laughs> Whoa! This cast is wild. Go go go! Paul Mescal, Denzel Washington, Connie Nielsen, Jamon Hansu, Joseph Quinn, and Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal is huh. so hot right now. What? Um, what is Denzel Washington doing there? Being That's a gladiator, awesome. probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Being a gladiator, probably. Like what? He's sixty-eight years old. <laughs> Maybe then he's being Xerxes. <laughs> That's know. that's bananas. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. So Ridley Scott lost his ability to make good movies when his brother died. Case closed, gentlemen. I'm uh, I'm curious about this new Gladiator movie. I, um, <laughs> I love that old movie. That was good. Gladiator was really good. good. That was that was yeah. a mo- one of the movies that I like owned on VHS and like popped on pretty frequently. Like this was Mark Hooper got a DVD player when DVDs were new. This was the first movie that most of us had seen on on DVD as opposed to VHS technology, and so it was like high, it was what, way what passed for high def in the day. Yeah. like it's not truly high def. Well, for the time, I at mean, the time, it yeah, was awesome, yeah. Man, and that brings us back to the Matrix, which may have been the movie that pushed people to go buy DVD players. Yeah, you want Matrix to look real, mm-hmm. and you wanted those special features, and you wanted everything to do with it. When I was at Blockbuster, we ordered like two hundred copies of that movie. Okay. On DVD. Probably rented that shit like hotcakes. Like Hot. bananas. Yeah, because as soon as as soon as the Matrix came out, like as like as soon as it came out on video, I think everybody like immediately rented it again. And many people bought it. Because mm-hmm. they were like, I want to see that again. Because nothing like looked like it. Like Oh the Wachowski. Have we ranked just the Matrix? I think so. We must have. I'm sure it's in there. It's got, and it's gotta be pretty game. high. I don't. I don't see how it doesn't crack the top twenty-five. I. I think it's a top, maybe, maybe top even five. Higher. Even yeah. okay, it's and number top, six. Yeah. yeah, number six. I was gonna say top ten easy also. Oh, and something broke our uh, my fix-up code there. Yeah, they all they all say spacer height. Oops. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a spacer plugin that is not activated. I didn't okay. activate any plugins. Yeah, 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 probably for the best. Yeah, it also it also erased if the viewer or listener is looking at the last two episodes of 90s, just somehow they don't have titles. They're just 287 and 286. They had oh, titles weird. and then somehow they lost <laughs> the titles. I don't know why. That's pretty wild that Alien is 5 and the Matrix is 6. We did not plan this. I mean, that's we just <laughs> cuz there are two of our favorite movies, Scott. Mm-hmm. 
I still feel like Empire's too high. Yeah. At one. You guys argued me down. Empire's not a better movie than Fury Road. Oh, I still think that Fury Road's too high. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, Fury, Fury Road is doing good. I would, I would, I might take Empire down, and I actually might put Matrix up. The more I think about it, it's like it just it hits, it delivers everywhere. It's just it's perfect. It's a perfect. Well, movie. Yeah, like let's I, I think it. Empire. Let's all watch. Let's all watch the Matrix in the next two weeks, and we'll, we'll litigate it. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I watched, it's a super I, fast watch. It's not. No, no, no. I know. I remember. Like, I re, we rewatched Sarah and I oh, rewatched all God. three of them over the pandemic. So, like, I've, I'm on a Matrix. I could, I could do it again. But like, I've watched all three of them uh, in the build to four. So, <laughs> me too. in, in yeah. many ways, which prepared me for the disappointment of four, because I didn't just watch the first one and then jump to four. That would have been super disappointing. But just you know, I was ready for. Or I was mentally prepared that there could be a pretty big letdown coming into Matrix 4. Those those three movies were like a workout movie for me. So back when I was using my stationary bike all the time, I would rewatch them over and over again. It was like, I, I don't even mind. I'll just, you know, they're good on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I would say that like Empire is probably the best movie that I watched as a kid. Hmm. Like as, a, as an actual child. But like, yeah, I feel like Matrix is probably the best movie or like my favorite movie from whenever it came out. Was that 99? 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. From, like, age, like, 15 to 20, I was probably, like, like, Matrix is the best movie ever. Man. Do you know what I, I watched? I still, I still, I still, with the Mad Max Fury Road, like, the, if you read the blurbs, Star Wars was a turning point for science fiction films, and Mad Max was not for dystopian pictures. It no. Just, so here, I will tell you. T- and it, it didn't break through. It didn't break out. It, it just. No one else made a Mad Max movie. Because no one else could, because it's the GOAT. <clears throat> right? Like, that's like Amanda Nunes. You know? Like, she destroyed two entire weight divisions of women fighters to the point where both weight divisions are irrelevant and they can't book around them because <sighs> you have one person at the top who's so dominant. That's Mad Max Fury Road. GOAT. <sighs> Changed nothing. It, it, well, I don't think so. It, hmm. it, that I would disagree with. I don't think you end up with. I don't think you end up giving almost any of these indie filmmakers budgets for Marvel movies if you don't have Fury Road. That's twenty fifteen. He's not a yeah, they, exactly. It's twenty fifteen, and that was when they started bringing in the indie filmmakers. Who? What indie no. guy was on on board in the first seven years? Favreau. Yeah, yeah but. He's I, the don't one know, I don't know it. how you're. A, a... <laughs> this is a stretch. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think you land James Gunn getting Guardians or Taika getting Thor if you don't have like a like at least a proven concept of like, auteur filmmakers can make big budget action films. Okay, but he's he's been doing that for quite a while now, right? Sure, but but the, and so whole, is... the whole problem, as have you read the book, was that. It never made that much money, and WB was like, "We hate this." And then it made a bunch of money, and they were like, "Oh, wait, we can." There's money to be made here, and I think that that ends up kind of that even. It, I mean, for right or for wrong, I think it even paves the way for Ryan Johnson to land on Star Wars. Like you, like, and you have these like studios are like, "Hey, here's a hundred million dollars to make a movie." Otherwise, artistic filmmaker. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I think this is an awful lot to put on the shoulders of Fury Road. I think you could you could bring that to a little more. 
relevant. I don't know. I think it's like the first. It's the first time a movie blended. I think like like action, big budget action, with like actual good filmmaking, and not just like because like it stands on the shelf next to a Michael Bay film, and you're like, oh, they both have cool cars and explosions. Just one is infinitely better, right? But but you're competing with the same eyes. James Gunn's Guardian came out a full year before Mad Max. Yeah, but Mad Max is in production already. <laughs> yeah, but it, no one was. It didn't change anything in production, Keith. Jeez, you've you've gone very far down this road, Keith. It's time to come back. This will be my time to, to just die. dial this one back in a little bit. They gave um, James Gunn Guardians. They gave the Russo brothers <laughs> the freaking Winter Soldier in 2014. Those are the guys from Community. It started <laughs> off with Favreau. <laughs> hmm. uh, anyway. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, it's that Spielberg movie. <laughs> Fuck that. Why did he talk when he <laughs> pressed record? <laughs> uh, um, do we all have to delete our Reddit accounts? Is that is what hap- is happening? No, no, no. So, I mean, th- th- it's a very big story. Okay. Um, I'll I'll we'll, I'll try to summarize. So Reddit Reddit is blowing up right now. Uh, there's like a big protest going on where a number of subreddits are going dark, quote unquote. They're just like taking content off. Mm-hmm. What and like big has... ones, big subs too. Like yeah, a... yeah, yeah, big, big, big ones. This is big. This is affecting like like a, a significant percentage of Reddit right now is is not yeah. available. Um. So what is really going on is Reddit, the CEO of Reddit has said that they are going to be increasing the prices of access for the Reddit API, which is like the data access yeah. to Reddit content. The, um, <laughs> Hang on, John, let me stop you right there. Yeah, That's wild for, for Reddit, which is a website that barely hosts its own content. Yeah. Mm, I don't know what you mean by that. It's a comment section for other people's articles. That is true. But those comments are an enormously valuable wealth of data. Yes. Yes. But for them to be like, oh, we don't want to share our stuff with the rest of the internet. That's is fucking wild for Reddit as a yeah. as a yeah. concept to take. Their entire business model is piggybacking off the content elsewhere. I right? mean, you're definitely right. There's layers and layers and layers to this onion. The, one of those layers is that Reddit started off as like the bastion of open source free speech everything. Mm-hmm. The uh, and then and then the founder was driven to suicide by uh, the American government over data security privacy kind of issues. Mm-hmm. The um, the other part to this whole story is that like why would the ordinary person care about this stuff? Well, there's a lot of third-party apps that give access to Reddit stuff. So the argument from the from the Reddit side is like, well, we need to be able to monetize this stuff to be able to continue providing the service. And in the Reddit CEO's defense, Reddit is legendary among all of the the like social media startups from that era. Like it's an early social media empire that yeah. has never paid out. Like they have never made money like Facebook did. They never made money like Google did. And to this day, they fail to to monetize their their data. And this what has happened recently has been like the opportunity for them to monetize in a sense because reddit is not colossally valuable data for feeding ais and the reason is that a lot of forums are bad data for ais you in a single forum thread you'll have multiple conversations happening simultaneously and it's difficult for ais or like the data uh 
ingestion processes to distinguish between these different conversations. Whereas with Reddit, the replies that like reply, reply, reply chains can be extracted because they're all, uh, they come in a hierarchy. I guess the right? joke is that most chains these days also already have bots in them. Well, they definitely do. They have for years and years and years. I know. Definitely, like... there's bots feeding the bots, feeding the bots. There's no no doubt about that. <laughs> but the other the other side to this is that the people who support Reddit and make it possible are the ones driving the uh, the protest, which is the people who are moderators. The moderators mostly cannot do their jobs with the crappy software that Reddit provides. Yeah, which is that this has been an argument repeatedly, yeah. right? Like which which is that they're hey, we're volunteers working for a multi million dollar company. And you're not even giving me like the correct tools to even moderate. Like, forget yeah. a paycheck. You're not even. You're like, hey, like, make sure this this forest doesn't get overgrown. Here's the screwdriver. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, pissing off the, your power users is like the surefire way to assassinate a social media website. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's Dig 4.0 was exactly the mm-hmm. CEO pushing a thing desperate to monetize. Like, surely he knew it was a bad idea, but there were pressures from outside making it necessary. In this case, they're like the contraction of VC money has made uh, and and Reddit is IPOing really really soon, so they need to yeah. be able to show numbers uh, mm-hmm. going up. So, uh, so the moderators What's are all just taking down their subs. That's right. They're to try and draw attention to this and get them to renegotiate the prices for third party access to all of this stuff. Yeah, I'm honestly like, like this time next week, Reddit could be like on its way to death. Yeah, because so yeah. Like, my understanding, at least with this, is like okay, how does this affect you whatever oh maybe if you use a not a third-party reddit app or whatever else but my understanding is that a lot of mods like lean on those third-party apps to even like moderate a, a, a forum of 500,000 people or whatever that are active yeah. users right like whoever's modding like are funny or whatever the hell like Pixel, i know there's i know there's a whole down. team of them but it's just like yeah it is like waves and mountains and mountains of content flying around and the the mod tools have always been garbage yep. and so every, yeah and, and people have other tools that they you know can plug into reddit to make their jobs somewhat livable yeah so not anymore i mean unless you pay for it i guess which is pretty... well so the the what's interesting is that you you know the rate that they're charging is one where you can see how much they expect you to make per user Mm-hmm. And so, and then you can look like, how do you monetize users inside of this? How much money can you expect to make per person, whatever? And like all that, all that information is public out there. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head in this moment, but what they, what the, like the analysis says that Reddit is, is like grossly overcharging for the value that can be extracted from this data. And then mm-hmm. you would say, well, why would they do that? You know, there's two choices. One is that they, they want to, you know, permanently turn off third-party access as a feature and they just don't want to like admit that they're permanently turning it off you know they just make it too expensive for anybody to use yeah, the other possibility out. right is that they want to find a way to monetize making this data available for ai uh language processing right the thing is though all of reddit even all your deleted comments are available on multiple torrents kind of yeah you know, like right now. So yeah. the cat is kind of out of the bag and, and you have to wonder like, what are you going to get out of this? How is it? How, you know, I'm just fascinated with the choice. Why would, why would you do this? Why would you piss off everybody? I mean, Amazing. So, I mean, the, the, the short answer, I guess is you've already alluded to it is that you're going to IPO. 
which is everybody at the top is going to get a great big paycheck and fuck off. And GTFO, yeah. Right? So yep. then, and then it'll be someone else's problem after they after they, they get that big, like, windfall of money. So. Maybe? I'm just saying, so it's like, if you could just, like, white-knuckle white it to your IPO, it's going to be probably over-evaluated because it's one of the most recognizable brands on the internet, whatever. That initial mm-hmm. boom is going to be, I think, massive of buy, buy, buy. And people are going to get their shares converted into real money, and they're going to retire millionaires. And then the, you know, the mountain of shit that it was built upon will be someone else's problem. I mean, that might be the plan, but I, I, I feel like these IPOs have failed miserably, publicly, and spectacularly in the last couple of years. And but then even certain, even certain failed IPOs, right? Like companies that have failed as IPO doesn't necessarily mean that the initial shareholders lost money. Sure, sure, sure. Right? But, like that's what I'm saying. So you're converting you're converting imaginary shares as you own them today, like you own a share, into something that is cash. Even if the evaluation's way off, there's a couple not a couple, there's a lot of execs and seniors who are gonna have shares at almost any value, just pure profit for them. Right? So But those other IPOs didn't make national news and have a significant portion of their user base unable to use the site because the moderators have all pulled stuff off. Yeah. Like if if I was a seventy year old investment broker and I just Googled Reddit oh today, I'd be like, oh, the top, you know, I figured it out. Twenty percent of the the website is currently down, and everyone is saying they won't be able to continue working like this. Why don't we just pass on this? Bye. <laughs> no, order. Scott. Though you, it's you, gonna... you, the way what you just said combined with what John just said came together in my mind and we figured it out it's ai mods you guys it's ai moderators think about moderating how many AI is... bots moderating everybody including ai bots of course so they're moderating <laughs> themselves sure they're posting themselves and they're moderating themselves. Because but the I'm also thing, not the buying only, these shares. The only thing that we the only thing we care about the only actual reason we care about moderator moder, moderation in Reddit is to make sure that like the topic is nobody's talking about anything illegal. Nobody is like flaming each other, and people are the subreddit isn't on. isn't flooded with garbage. Yeah, exactly, and it isn't like flooded with garbage and stuff is on topic. You're telling me that I could not train an AI to do a mod's job, and then I just wouldn't have to deal with all these like basement trolls. Man, did you see that AI robot that was trained just to walk packages around? That I'm was not... given the that, that thing was great. It was at an exposition. It delivered nine packages and then turned itself off. <laughs> it was given the ability to change its programming to see a, a more efficient way of moving like fucking Amazon boxes around a warehouse. Mm-hmm. And it was it like turned itself off. And it turned itself off and dropped to the floor. In the middle of a science exposition. Yeah, but again, what do though, I do? You pass butter. Oh God! <laughs> I'm just saying. It was I Bender get... walking into a suicide booth. In the first episode <laughs> of Futurama. I'm not saying that it's without. It's not with its problems, but the, I, the problems it, including the moderators just fucking deleting themselves. But Reddit, Reddit has long since been at war and been kind of handcuffed ultimately by these moderators, right? Like. In, and and they're and they're like and this is not a knock on mods like mods are doing the lord's work here it's like they they keep reddit going if i'm a reddit ceo and i'm like can i run this site efficiently 
without actual nerds running all of my content. And I have uh, a script and, a, and an AI bot in each and every one of my subs that is just doing the moderation. I don't think this stuff is there yet. I know, like but it could, could, it, could it get there in a couple years? Without ending up like Dig? I mean, I don't think Dig had auto-moderators. I mean, there's it just it takes one AI bot to like say something truly heinous for the website to be branded. No, it doesn't. Horribly. The the what do you call it? ChatGPT is like every now and then they're like, oh, whoa, ChatGPT said something weird and Nazi-ish, and they were like, now it's 3.0, and we just changed the code. We found that erroneous code and kept moving it forward. Run the AI is a bright, beautiful future, right? Like it doesn't. It's not an end, end, end all, be all, end all. Right? If we're saying they're just moderating content, they can't change code or whatever. Okay, okay. I really don't think they're doing that yet. And we would we would know if they were. I I mean, but there, I said there's there's already mod bots, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, like they're literally already there. Okay, okay, are you making this argument? This is this is what you're doing right here. You're saying that they're going to replace all of the mods with AIs. That could be the Reddit. end game. I feel that Reddit becomes infinitely more fu- more profitable. Then are are you saying are you saying that the AI bot for anti-work is going to show up on, on Fox News to talk about its its moderation on the subreddit. Cause... No, but why would it? Because it's no, wait, moderated. No, wait, it's that, not... that, could, that could probably actually go better than last time. <laughs> the, moderator, the moderators don't have to be content creators. You still have your users. They just need to moderate. That's all that needs to be done, is you keep shit in order. That's all it is. Like, it's, just, it's not saying that, like, oh, they're going to create the content and share the content. No, they're just moderating what the users are doing. I, I don't understand what the benefit is here because they don't already don't pay the moderators. Yeah, but that's it. But the, and that's my point is that you're. But they the moderators could continually handcuff them anytime they want to and say, oh, we're we're going to remove these subreddits and it's a community based thing and whatever. Like you remove that bargaining chip by you don't need moderators anymore. I have a robot that does this, and you can't actually access it because it's really expensive to buy an API to actually get into my code now. I mean, I guess we'll see. I don't know. It'd be a heck of a play. I don't know. I feel like our motorcycles might have a real problem with a bot monitoring it. It's not going to be able to tell what pictures contain motorcycles. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, man. <laughs> our stop sign. Fucking confused. <laughs> that red is going to go crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying that could be the play. If they're, they're just going to team up with some, some open AI dum-dums, and that'll be the new Reddit. I'm not saying our it'll... St- Work. I'm just saying, everybody yeah, wants yeah. to throw you, AI into everything. Have you heard? Do, like, do you know what? Do you know what my favorite subreddit is now? Our how to draw hands. <laughs> and help me with this fucking AI bot. I think not. But again, you're not. You're you're <laughs> thinking of it the wrong way. You can start. Say, hey, I'm Keith. I want to start a new community. I want to start our how to draw hands. Cats that look like Elvis. You know, like. I could still do that, only I don't have to moderate it. You, I started a thing. I'm, I own the subreddit, and moderation happens through this AI okay, bot. Bloop, bloop, so bloop, you're bloop. gonna you're gonna tell the AI bot, "Hey AI bot, remove all photographs that don't look like drawings of hands." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna do it, Keith. It has no idea what a drawing of hands looks. I like. I know it has a hard <laughs> problem with drawing hands. But I think it could recognize a hand from not a hand. It just can't draw one itself. That's what I'm saying. It's not It's not creating the content. Anyway. It just won't be able to remove the content, which is part of moderating. Did you see a 12-year-old Canadian girl got her uh, bachelor's degree in medical sciences? I did not. Is she like a like a 
savant? One would have to assume, because as many people pointed out, that's just two years older than when fictional Doogie Howser got his bachelor's in medical sciences. Like, in the fake, like, in the, like, Doogie getting to become an MD, because he's, like, 16 when he gets his, mm-hmm. his medical license. So she's just two years behind fictional Dr. Doogie Howser. So Isn't... where is she? What's the story? She's Canadian. She graduated from Carleton or U of Ottawa, whatever. Hang on. 12-year-old medical doctor. Well, not medical doctor, undergrad. 12-year-old graduates university. A 12-year-old girl from Ottawa is making history as Canada's... Just Jesus Christ, biomedical... Like, yeah. She's a child prodigy who's about to become the youngest Canadian to ever graduate from university. She will walk across the University of Ottawa stage and accept a bachelor's degree in biomedical science. (laughs) She started the program when she was nine. Scott, how old is your kid? He's he's ten, and he's like you know, happy. You don't think she's happy? She's a freaking doctor. Yeah, I don't don't think she's happy at all. I'm thinking this is borderline borderline CPS worthy. Well, so it's insane. So I saw like a quick little interview with her, and you would not even know this girl is twelve. Like it, it she's even like well spoken and like like because like I was thinking, oh, she's probably like a little bit weirdo and maybe like shy and, and whatever else who knows like just yeah. you know book bookish and whatever but she's like outgoing well-spoken all this and that like it's crazy she're just they just put a a, a brain cool. in, a, in a little girl's body i guess i don't know but anyway take that someone america <laughs> is that a win for america i mean canada sure i don't know i mean Still, I don't know if I want 12-year-olds, you know, finishing their fucking theses. I don't know. If she uh, if she can deliver, why not? Yeah, I mean, like, it's not like it's not going to be peer-reviewed or whatever. Well, why not? Well, I'm just saying, like, it's me- the medical stuff still gets peer-reviewed, so who cares who writes it if it's good, you know? Oh, no, no. Like, the work she's doing is probably fine. It's the fact that she's doing that work fucking 10 years old that bugs me I mean she says I'm very motivated by the fact that I can be the first to do something you know being able to show other young gifted and talented people that something like this is possible that you can get through these roadblocks that have has always been something that I've wanted to do this is the 12 yeah, she, should, she should maybe play a little bit of Roblox instead of fighting <laughs> knocking down roadblocks <laughs> I mean I was playing a bunch of Roblox going for your kid. Great. Didn't he spend $200 on hats? Yes. <laughs> you let him spend $200 on hats? At his last birthday, he asked all of his friends for Roblox gift cards. And they all gave him Roblox gift cards, and it added up to $200. And he and spent they all it got all on his hats? Was it on, one hat or multiple hats? Like a bunch of skins stuff. Okay. Yeah, like a bunch of bunch of clothes. I was, I was basically hats. Yeah, basically hats. I was telling the story to a friend of nine to five, Sam, and she mm. was like, "I totally get this with Arlo." So like, because like Arlo's really into Pokemon Go, and mm-hmm. they're like, he has you know no Pokeballs, and all of his Pokemon are dead, and he needs revives and stuff. And he's like, "I bought a backpack," and she's like, "There's a better better things." For the game that you need, you don't need a backpack. All your animals are dead. 
he's like, yeah, but you look do at not this understand ba- this game. Yeah, he's like, but look at this backpack. <laughs> I was like, man, kids these days are playing other video games than we are. Mm-hmm. And then when you think like, who buys skins? Like apparently, kids, kids love it. Freaking go crazy for it. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm like, man, you know what? I, I take it back. Those Marvel Snap variants are apparently correctly priced because idiot children are spending their gold on variants. Uh, Conor McGregor knocked out a mascot. <laughs> oh yeah, did you watch the hit? I did. It's very funny. I mean, I I agree with your assessment, which is that I think he thought the head was just like a big old marshmallow. <laughs> I think he was expecting padding. Like he he swung in there, but oh wow, yeah, <laughs> he, that poor guy just went down. <laughs> but then he did another. He hit him again. Like he did the like the chase down like the finish like hammer throw and I was like oh no did that one actually connect or what I don't know I don't know which one did the damage and apparently like by and large it appears that it's all so he Conor McGregor is selling an anti pain spray or something like this is this is and I guess he's also the new coach on the contender for the UFC so he's like doing like a multi multi tiered publicity tour and the Miami Heat are in the NBA playoffs so it was. He's a big, big, definitely a big star, and the guy, you know, the mascot comes out, whatever. And the idea is he's going to punch him out and then spray him with the anti-pain spray and then just, like, walk off triumphantly. And, yeah, it just actually clocks the guy. And and by all accounts, apparently, the guy was, like, had his bell rung but was and brought to the hospital. And I think, but I think they probably just, like, gave him an old, maybe, like, a little MRI or something just to make sure that he wasn't bleeding from his brain or badly concussed or something, and they're just like, okay, no, you're just... You just got hit real hard, but you're okay. Like, he was sent home that night. But I feel that, like, an unprotected Wait. shot from Connor McDavid... Not Connor in which, McDavid, in Connor what McGregor. State? In what state? Because you said Miami Heat. Was this in Florida? It was in Florida. I do not oh, think no. that the doctor sent him home the same night, and that meant he was okay. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, what a... <laughs> What a hilarious whoopsie. Yeah. Plan a little bit with Conor McGregor. Boom. Knocks him out. Uh, and Amanda Nunes retired. Was, I guess, the other UFC news. I watched her. Her final match as she completely dominated someone whose name I don't remember. So, yeah, kind of like... <laughs> she might not remember it either. Well, so that's it. So they go. it goes five rounds and it goes to a decision. I don't think anybody scored at 50... Even I don't think she even got any, like, 50-45s. So that means, like, Nunez won all five rounds and the other fighter didn't even, like, get a nine in every round, which means that, like, some rounds she was just (laughs) obliterated. You know, like, there were no points penalties or anything. But she did go the five rounds. A lot of people have speculated that Nunez was just like, I just don't feel like ending this, like, or badly, not necessarily ending her career, but, like, badly hurting her. Like, because it was so dominant, so in control... Like, significant strikes were, like, 140 to 40 or something in favor of Nunes. Yeah, it was just, like, the Amanda Nunes show start to finish. And a lot of people have hypothesized that she's like, oh, I know I'm going to be retiring. So what is breaking this girl's leg or giving her a concussion or whatever else is this even? That sounds kind of like a bad booking, to be honest. Well, because, so, but but this is what's happening now is they're just feeding her anybody and she's demolishing everybody. The only time she's lost in, like, the last, like, eight or nine years was against uh, Juliana Pena, 
and it was when uh, Nunez got COVID during her camp. So and and had and like tapped to a like a choke, and when she talked about it afterwards, she was saying like I was struggling to breathe, my lung capacity wasn't there anymore. Hmm. So that was like that was her only major loss as as double champ. So she like lost her one belt, won it immediately back again against Pena in a pretty dominant fight. Like when she was back to 100%, like beat the person who beat her like lights out. So it was like, oh, she had COVID. There was some lung capacity issues. That's her only significant loss in like the last decade. Uh yeah, so I would say arguably a 10, well, I think yeah, 10 plus year career. Puts a like they they rattled off some of her like accomplishments. So she's the only person who's ever actually I think successfully defended at two weight classes simultaneously, hmm. which is like pretty impressive. A bonkers, yeah. a bonkers thing to do in general. And then yeah, and just like I said, just demolished both of those weight classes to hmm. the point where there's like nobody who even could stand up to her anymore. And this was, I think she probably just got this fight as as a send-off <laughs> of, like, I just want another payday and the, I want to retire in the ring as opposed to just, like, whatever. Because, yeah, someone who's, like, fifth rank. Because she's, like, she's gone through, like, the top rank contender, second rank contender, third rank contender. And, like, and it's to the point where they've been giving other fighters opportunities against her because, like, she demolishes the number one contender. So, like, no one wants to see what that fight again. What else is there for her to do, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we don't need to revisit that again. And it's like that weird thing of where, uh, like the, the the UFC commentators were talking about it, like, oh, this is kind of better for the weight classes because they'll get more competitive. It's not what you want to have happening, right? Like you want to have the weight class elevates, and you can like topple the champ, and and the entire weight class like improves mm-hmm. their skills. But it's just not happening. Like like I said, other other than the post COVID fight, I don't think I've ever seen a Nunez fight where I was like oh she might lose this one you know like and even then like I said that one she didn't necessarily look like she was losing it was just like she got like trapped in a submission and tapped almost immediately and she was like I couldn't breathe like it was just it was just a like it wasn't even like necessarily like, it didn't look like it looked like a nothing win but mm-hmm. I can imagine you know like COVID reduces your lung capacity so just the ability to like fight a chokehold maybe drastically reduced and then when she came back and fought that same lady again demolished her again mm-hmm. so yeah she did the whole the the whole putting putting down her her belts and her gloves in the ring and she was like i'm gonna be devil champion forever because i never lost these belts so yeah it's cute did it that's it yeah i mean it's and of course already people are saying that Dana is trying to figure out someone to fight her for UFC 300 next year for like a big giant mega card. So, but I mean, I mean how much money are you going to throw at Ronda Rousey? She's Nuna's already beat Rousey badly. Yeah, but if you're <laughs> if the point isn't to see who's the best, it's just to get you know butts and seats. Then then that's Ronda Rousey you, you go get. Yeah, it's obviously Rousey. I mean, or cyborg probably but she's also beaten cyborg so it's like there's no there's no high profile fighter that she hasn't beaten in, like of the ladies so so she's gonna fight connor next that's it that's what i think <laughs> Con- connor's a bantamweight <laughs> he's like he's at 145 or he's cut to 145 in the past he's a small guy oh man but yeah that's i don't know who does she fight brock lesnar 
and I might pay for that pay per view. <laughs> Wait. I was just gonna say, I was like, they need. They, well, I still would love the UFC if they want to go like full gimmick for UFC 300 to to make to have the first ever tag match. <laughs> I want to see tag team in the octagon. That's wild. That's great. Yeah, that's what I want to see for UFC 300. Anyway. Uh, I think that's most of the 90s, but I feel we might also be five minutes short because of the shenaniganry. Do we have anything to wrap up in the last five minutes? Whatever happened to John Woo? Whatever happened to John Woo? Marissa and I watched Broken Arrow last night just because it was on one of the streaming services. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this movie is so very John Woo. And there yeah. was like a good period of time where everything was John Woo. Yeah. And then it like, stopped. Like, like became synonymous with like <clears throat> Hong Kong action theater style, right? Like Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. He 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 made face off and then like how do you ever Top try that? to make another piece of art because you did such a good job? That is a take your gloves off and leave your belts in the middle of the room. That's it. You're just done. How would you top face off? My god. How does anybody? He made Mission Impossible 2. Mm-hmm. Which, which I feel good. still did well, yep. right? Like it was three yep. that jumped the shark, and he wasn't even involved. In they three. were still fun. Yeah, that's it. Well, they, and then they they all circled back, and you know, a lot of people like love that entire franchise, like minus three. Like <laughs> there are Mission Impossible like devoted people who are like it's the new James Bond or as good as James Weird. Bond. There, there, there's a new movie coming out next yeah, year, I know. And then, which is like the seventh, I think. Yeah, and it's a two parter. Of course, it is. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Mission Impossible Two was a hundred and twenty million dollar budget, and made five hundred. Mm-hmm. Wind Talkers. Oh no, I feel this is where he loses. Mm-hmm. That this is good. Wind Talkers with That's the World War Two Nick Cage. Nicholas Cage film. Ooh. He returned to his muse, Nicholas Cage, and got a hundred and fifteen million dollar budget and only made seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Then he got... Okay, okay, but that's he's had a bunch of hits before getting to that. So yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, a paycheck made money. I vaguely remember Paycheck. Paycheck is bad. That's a bad movie. Like I didn't remember it being that bad. The one with Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very bad. But anyway, but yeah, then he literally would not direct another American feature film for twenty years until this year. Silent Night is apparently coming out. Wild. Yeah. Really, so, it was Paycheck that screwed him up. Good. Yep. That movie sucked. He made he made okay, other no, he did make no. other films. He made other like non English language films, but like he didn't do any American features. For Scott, years. my man, this dude did Face Off and and Broken Arrow and Mission Impossible. Like, there's you, you get to fuck so, up one every now and again. Broken that's, Arrow wasn't okay. great. Broken Arrow that's, wasn't that's, great. That's, it was <clears throat> it was pretty dumb. I, I remembered it being better than that than it was, and uh, it it was not. It was okay. it was I think defining for Travolta to play that. Yeah, it, re- it reignited Travolta's career for sure. Once a thief. Did you guys Once see a Thief that? was great, both as a movie and as a show. And Hard Boiled is like unimpeachably Hard good. Hard Boiled's amazing. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> well, there we go. That's five minutes. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, but yeah, Silent Night. Uh, Kid Cudi's in it. Okay. <laughs> what is the premise of this film? So it's an upcoming American action thriller by John Woo. Who's Joel Kinnaman? Oh, Joel Kinnaman. The guy from um, <laughs> the guy from uh, that cyberpunk TV show on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alter Carbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the new Robocop. So yeah, so Joel Kinnaman's in it. 
Uh, Joel Kinnaman, Kid Cudi, Harold Torres, Catalina Sandino Moreno. The premise of the film is, here we go, it's one line, a man goes into the underworld to avenge his young son's death. Listen, John Woo, you don't need more than that. That's fine. True. <laughs> like, that's not... I can argue that. That's right. Uh, that's, that's, that's the only premise that is available, despite the fact that this film is supposed to be coming out this year. Uh, dude, you're missing the most important part of this movie. Mm. You didn't even finish reading the Wikipedia page you're sitting in front of. The, this is the important quote. It has no dialogue. Oh, shit. There's no dialogue anywhere in the film. It's either going to be a genius move or disaster. There's no in-between. John Woo makes a movie without a single spoken word. Uh, uh, uh. Here it comes. I'm excited. <laughs> Man, I think that kind of must be opening night. Must see. Yeah, I'm kind of more excited now. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just like, you're like, it's Hong Kong action theater with no dialogue whatsoever. And like a crazy high concept art action. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Maybe it'll become the new Mad Max Fury Road. And Maybe? just and just kill Hong Kong Maybe. action theater forever. Uh, anyway, this was the ninety five Entertainment System. Scott's app is not focused; he's in other windows browsing. No, I'm not. That's super weird. Uh huh. I see you. Bye. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.